So as I talk about, my sweet spot is employment law. That's pretty much what I do all day, every day when I'm not guest hosting for John Reed. And I hear all the time people will say, I'm a 1099 employee. And I say, there's no such thing as a 1099 employee. That's not a thing. You're an independent contractor. You're not an employee. And there's a lot of rules around that. And the tide is turning around that. So if you're an employer and you have these, quote, 1099 employees working for you, or you're an individual and you're the person you're working for is not employing you as an employee, but is employing you as an independent contractor, listen up. Broderick Dunn is joining us from Cook Craig. Cook Craig is a law firm out of Fairfax County. Now, I predominantly work with employers only. Broderick works with both employers and employees. So he's got his finger on the pulse of what's happening, not just with employers, but with employees being misclassified. Good morning, Broderick. Good morning, Karen. It's great to be back with you and the wonderful listeners uh, here on WRVA. So tell us, just explain this concept of independent contractor 1099. Just explain what's going on with that. Okay. So, uh, Karen, and, and, and that's, that's a very, very good question. So we all know that an employee is essentially a worker who performs services for an employer um, if that employer can control both what will be done and how it will be done. So the key factor there is that an employer would have the right to control the details of how the employee performs the services, even if the employee has a substantial freedom of action. Now, the opposite of the flip side to that coin is an independent contractor. And an independent contractor is someone who performs work required by an employer, but the employer is not in control of how the services are performed. So sometimes people think uh, this person's getting a 1099, this person's getting a W-2. A 1099 is an independent contractor. A W-2 is a um, is an employee. And it seems like people, well, first talk about the Virginia law that was passed a couple years ago on misclassification and how Virginia is trying to address this issue of individuals who should be considered employees and instead they are counted as independent contractors, and then also talk about what somebody's not getting when they're an independent contractor versus an employee. Well, certainly, Karen. And before we get there, I think it's important for the listeners to really understand the sea change in the last few years in Virginia in the field of labor and employment law. So if we if we take it back in context, in November of 2019, the Democrats took control of the House of Delegates and the state Senate here in Virginia for the first time in a generation. And, you know, as our listeners will remember, we had Governor Northam in the governor's mansion who'd been elected in 2017. And while many people got caught up in the social stuff, you know, decriminalized marijuana, more gun control, abolishing the death penalty, a number of and I'd call them revolutionary labor and employment laws were passed. Uh, and a lot of them took effect during the pandemic while everyone was kind of looking the other way. And, you know, prior to, to 2021 um, in Virginia, everybody, you know, there was a presumption, 
presumption that you were an independent contractor versus an employee. But Virginia passed a new law, which is uh, Virginia Code Section 58.1-1900. And that's as of January 1, 2021, all Virginia workers are presumed to be employees entitled to wages and benefits that other employees are entitled to under federal and state law, unless the employer demonstrates that that worker is an independent contractor under IRS guidelines. And here's where it gets complicated, Karen, because under, um, under the, the IRS guidelines, it's, um, it's a, a lot more complicated test to determine if someone is, in fact, um, an independent contractor versus an employee. They consider things like behavioral control. What type of instruction does that person receive? Um, is it, if, if they're getting more detailed instruction, then that's more like an employee. If they're getting less, that's more like an independent contractor. How is that person or individual evaluated? Um, are they measuring the detail of how they do things? And, you know, the more complex the evaluation is, the more somebody's like an employee. How much training is that person getting? More training, more like an employee. The IRS also looks up at uh, financial control, which is, you know, is the employer, are they investing a significant amount of investment in equipment? Um, is, is there an opportunity for more profit or, or, or more loss? That, that would be more of a hallmark an independent contractor. How are they paid? Are they getting a salary or is it a flat fee? And then importantly, the kind of the last IRS factor is the relationship. And so is there, so just because you have a written contract and you say somebody's an independent contractor in that contract, that's not determinative. So uh, you, you can't call a dog a cat and make it a cat. Is there a permanency of the relationship? Uh, you know, are the services provided key components of the employer's business? Um, and what Virginia has done on top of, of changing the presumption. So now everybody's treated like an employee in Virginia or presumed. And then the burden falls then on the employer to prove otherwise that's one, but one of my, my personal favorites, Karen, is Virginia Code Section 40.1-28.77, and that gives uh, employees who believe or individuals who believe that they've been misclassified, that gives them a private right of action, which we plaintiff's attorneys love, right? because that means we can go after somebody in court for being misclassified. So we're talking to Broderick Dunn from Cook Craig. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed. And we're talking about this independent contractor misclassification, people who are called, quote, 1099 employees. So I'm talking to a relative the other day, and he he's young and just got his one of his first jobs. And he's working like as a sales rep for this company. And they he travels all over the state. He's paid a, quote, salary, but he's a, quote, 1099 independent contractor, gets no benefits, is just literally paid like a flat amount of money. So wouldn't that person be misclassified? I mean, isn't that a typical, like, how is that person not an employee? Well, you know, the, the favorite lawyer answer is, Karen, it depends. Right. 
Um, you know, is he is he being reimbursed for his mileage? Are they making sure that his driving record is you know appropriate? Is he driving a company car? How much training is he receiving? Are they just telling him, hey, you know, go from point A to point B and sell these things and you'll make X amount of money? Or is there more involvement? And, you know, if, if just like those IRS factors that we just went through, behavioral control, financial control, relationship, if there's more detail and more control, then, you know, I, I think your relative, when we get offline here, you should be giving him my card. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's 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 the thing. I mean, people don't understand what their really their rights are or their obligations. So if you're an employer listening to this call, listening to this the show right now, what advice would you give that employer if that employer knows, well, I've got 10 independent contractors. They're all on an agreement. They agree that they're independent contractors. I think people wrongly believe that if we the parties agree to that arrangement, that somehow it's legal, even though it isn't. What advice would you give employers right now who have these contractors performing work for them, you know, on a regular basis? My advice, Karen, would be to not walk, but run to somebody like Karen Michael and have her review these agreements. If you haven't changed them since 2020 or 2021, odds are they need to be changed. And, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would discourage, if you're an employee, employer, I would discourage your employee from listening to this segment. Because <laughs> what advice would you give employees if they feel that they've been misclassified? You know, I would call somebody like me, Karen, because, you know, under these, so, so this private right of action, this Virginia Code 40.1, is, um, it's uh, the damages that a potential employee who believes that they've been misclassified, uh, you know, instead of ten, uh, as an independent contractor, they can go back, they can get back wages, they can get salary that they sh- would have gotten had they been an employee, they can get, more importantly, they can get benefits that would have been covered by insurance had they been an employee. And my favorite part of this new law, and every plaintiff's attorney's uh, part, favorite part of this new law, is they can get reasonable attorney's fees and costs. And we know most so people would be shocked to see what the courts think is a reasonable attorney fee. <laughs> because the, <laughs> Attorneys yeah, are not cheap, would, that is for sure. Broderick yeah. Dunn, great advice from Cook Craig. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank Glad to you. be here.